As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. The views expressed on Upside of 40 are those of the guest alone. They do not necessarily represent the views of the show or its partners. Upside of 40, conversations for men on the Upside of 40 and beyond. From talk about getting over and living with a traumatic event in your life. It's very difficult to, to deal with. Our traumatic memory can lay dormant for years and years and years. To relationships. I've seen patterns over and over and over. They're real quick to interrupt and go, well, wait a minute. This has the trend line, but the way out of it is just give them some room to breathe and give them some room to feel hurt. To finally taking that leap into another career. There was a little bit of fear, but it just, it just, it was, it was time. Even grilling the perfect steak. Um, they cook really even, so you get a you know even temperature across the whole steak. And so much more. Welcome to Upside of 40. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Upside of 40. The Life Guide for Men Over 40 and Beyond. I like that. Life Guide. Well, it's just a lot of information for us uh, men of a certain age. Now, for those of you who joined us for our debut episode last week, welcome back for your listeners just tuning in. Great to have you with us. Uh, You have just become part of a podcast that is devoted to supplying those of us who have spent more than four decades uh, on this planet with useful information on just about every subject you could imagine. Every week, we talk to an expert on the chosen topic and learn about new ways to improve our lives. And uh, some of you may know me from my days uh, with the WWE or the uh, WWF back then, as it was known, uh, in the 80s and the 90s. It's hard to believe, but uh, I was only there for five years. Um, Since that time, I uh, have worked in television covering sports and reporting the news, And I still anchor a morning show out here in Arizona. But doing a show like this is something I have wanted to do for a very long time. And I am so excited about the journey ahead. And as I mentioned in our debut episode, uh, I'll fill in the blanks a little bit because I want you to know more about me. And and, uh, as I've said, I want to know more about you. I want to get your emails because uh, this is why we're doing this so that, um, you know, if uh, you've got issues, we can we can talk about them. We get experts 
and uh, I want to just uh, develop a really great community here. So uh, full transparency, uh, tell you a little bit more about myself. I was married in the early 90s. I have uh, three awesome children from that marriage. I was divorced after 13 years, though. It didn't work out. Uh, was on my own for about a decade, uh, helping to raise uh, those beautiful children. Had many relationships during that time, made a lot of mistakes along the way. And then about five years ago, I met the love of my life. She absolutely is. And uh, we got married three years ago. She has three children of her own. <laughs> so between us, we are the Brady Bunch. We really are. I'm, uh, you know, most of our kids are older now. So it's, uh, it's a lot different. It's not like everybody's in the house. But with it, you know, comes a lot of, uh, let's say, issues. But things happen all the time. Uh, there doesn't a day go a day doesn't go by that something you know isn't up with one of them, and uh, we're a blended family, so there's a lot of uh, a lot of things going on, and uh, you know, and I met all these children later in life, and they've met mine, and so you know, uh, that's going to be uh, endless topics, but there's going to be so so many more, and as I mentioned last week, you are just as much a part of this podcast as I am, and with that, I want to hear from you. I want to hear your story. I also want uh, you to send me your ideas for show topics, send me your questions for our experts. So email me, and it's real easy. Write this down or whatever you got to do. Put it in your phone. Uh, put it on your laptop. Uh, bookmark it. Uh, whatever you need to do. Upside of 40 at gmail.com. That's upside of 40 at gmail.com. Uh, just email me, and we'll, we'll get this uh, relationship going. Uh, last week, we had a great episode to start it all off. We had Pat Flynn with Smart Passive Income on, and we got some great advice on starting a side hustle, as they call it. But we just scratched the surface. There are, are so, so many opportunities out there in the vast Internet universe now. And we uh, will definitely get Pat back on sometime down the road. If you didn't catch that episode, uh, take a listen. He uh, really gets you thinking. I had a friend of mine uh, text me yesterday, and he said, you know, we listened to it now. And we went to Pat's website because – uh, we wanted to hear more about it. So uh, we'll be talking about a lot more opportunities out there. But, man, it is the new frontier. There's no question about it. Uh, this week, though, we're going to be talking gadgets. Uh, come on. We all love gadgets. And uh, I don't know, uh, know where you are when it comes to being tech savvy. But I'm sure you've learned at this point uh, how to navigate you know, your mobile phone uh, or rather your smartphone, as they call it. You probably... I've learned to maneuver the internet pretty well. You have to if you want to find things, or even if you want, you know, get a movie time, whatever. Uh, there's uh, you need to know how to get on the internet. Maybe you do your banking on there, but uh, uh, you know there are a lot of things out there that uh, I'm sure you're already doing, but there's so many more. And you know I've had to try and keep up in my job. You know as a, as a news anchor, we have iPads on the set. Uh, I had learned to you know go out there, be able to shoot video when they need me to. Uh, I've had to learn how to edit with the latest software. Um, it's probably true for you in your job, whatever you do, uh, because uh, that's how things are done these days. So things are so much uh, more um, involved as far as being uh, tech savvy. And there's so many new products out there coming every day that uh, can help improve your life. And some are just fun to have and very cool. So joining us to talk about some of those must-have tech items is Jim Collison from Home Gadget Geeks. 
Now, folks, as I was explaining before we came into this introduction, it's not like us men of a certain age don't like gadgets and technology. It's just that most of us did not grow up with a keyboard in our hands, and we've been playing catch-up ever since. And thank God there are people in the world like Jim Collison from the podcast Home Gadget Geeks to help us figure out how to use all this great stuff and not only improve our lives, but also have some fun along the way. Jim, thanks for joining us on Upside of 40. How are you? Sean, great to be here. Thanks for having me on. Well, you know, uh, I'm not sure how old you are, uh, Jim, but I am willing to say you're a man of a certain age along with us. So how did you get into gadgets and technology, and how did it become such a big part of your life? Well, let me say I am a solid 50, so if it's okay, okay on the right podcast. Right wheelhouse, yeah. Just, just got there and kind of enjoying. I enjoyed my entire first year of my 50 year I kind of in my 40s I got really fit so I ran a lot I did a bunch of fitness stuff I did five marathons you know I got kind of crazy you know most guys get girlfriends in sports cars and I went running and got braces so that was that was my 40s cheaper and healthier it was it was healthy but uh when I turned 50 I I kind of uh I I I kind of enjoyed my 50th year so needless to say I need to get a little bit back to fitness and tech is going to help with that no, I grew up, uh, I was born in the 80s in the Silicon Valley. Uh, San Jose, California is my hometown. I grew up around computers, the HP guys, uh, the Apple guys, the IBM guys, all, my dad worked for IBM for 35 years, yeah. all in my backyard. And I could not, Sean, I could not avoid tech. It was just one of those things. I had a TRS-80 and a, I had a, a Timex Sinclair 1000. Those were all kind of first gen computers of that era. And uh, played a lot of video games, and I just could oh. not, couldn't stay away from it. And so the gadgets have always been a part of kind of the things that I wanted to be a part of. Spent six years in the military and got away from them for a while. Uh-huh. But when I came back, I kind of wanted to be as close to them as possible. So I've always been a guy who's tried to stay on top of the newest technology. Don't always buy it, but at least know what's going on. Know what's happening. And, uh, you know, as I mentioned, as I did before, the, the uh, I, I introduced you here, and I was talking to the audience about, you know, it's not like we didn't want to be a part of this, but it was when I was growing up, and, I you know, I remember uh, AOL, and I, re- I had one of the first brick cell phones, and I had a car phone, and I still, you know, I, I just feel like I've never really, you know, caught on to it. I've, I've, I've gotten a lot better because, you know, I've had to. I've had to, you know, learn how to use the laptop and, uh, I work in news, uh, television news, so I have to be able to get on these different uh, sites and be able to you know, do Windows, and I have to do Mac, and I've got iPads on the set. But it's it's been tough, and it still is, and I feel like I've always been just a little daft when it comes to it. And is that why you know people my age and, and, and guys that listen to this podcast as over 40 and beyond uh, struggle uh, even to this day? I, I I do think it's kind of a mindset, um, and, and it's kind of what you enjoy. If you enjoy, because I spend a lot of time working on tech, thinking about tech, interacting with the tech, troubleshooting the tech. Uh, in my in my tech podcast, Home Gadget Geeks, we talk about it every week. I kind of have to stay up to date. If you don't have that pressure, yeah. the tech industry moves so fast that it's really easy for it to get away from you. I mean, yeah, super absolutely. easy. Uh, let's just take phones, for an example. I mean, I, I remember uh, back before there were iPhones, and, uh, you know, we were on flip phones, and I had one of the very first, the old-style uh, old, uh, flip phones from yeah. 
This would have been like uh, 99, 2000, I think somewhere in there. And um, uh, if you don't, you know, if you don't need a reason to stay up to date with it, you you just don't you don't do it. So the iPhone today, pretty easy to use, and actually, to be honest, and the Android phone is as well. You kind of start getting, you just want the thing to work, like you just want it to work. And in today's case, it does. It works really well. So you're not interacting with it as much. And, and so I think for some guys who don't have that technical itch, by the way, no guilt on anybody if they don't, but some of us do. But if you don't, I don't know if you have to be in on all the latest gadgets or sort. Now, there's some, you're going to ask me some questions about tonight that I'm yeah. super excited because I think tech has gotten to a point where it's gotten away from the tinkering and it's gotten really useful. That is the maturity of tech. I think we're finally there where things are like, oh, this is actually useful and I don't have to know everything about it to actually use it. Yeah, and what we want to keep it simple is really what it comes down to, you know, for me, is it's got to be functional. But, you know, the generation that has come beyond us, the, you know, those kids have had keyboards in their hands since they were in kindergarten. You know, that they were, so this, it's a lot easier for them. And, you know, we want it to be simple, but also there are a lot of great, uh, you know, gadgets out there that can help our lives. If we, you know, the, the, uh, the, you know, watches we have now that keep track of our heart rate, all these different things they do with our health. The, uh, the iPhones with all these different apps that we won't even go near because it just, it's, it's too much. But like you said, there's a lot of really useful, um, gadgets out there, a lot of very useful technology that, you know, we can use no matter how old you are. You, Sean, you might be surprised if you think about how many apps you think you don't use very many apps, yeah. but go on your phone and actually just kind of do an audit, like go into the settings and, there's a section on the iPhone. There's a section of how many apps you have loaded. You might be surprised just how many you have, but they work so well now that you don't even think twice. Oh, wait a minute. I have two or three banking apps. I might have, uh, you know, I might have some health apps. Now the, the healthcare company that, that does my insurance, they might have an app. My car insurance company has an app. Um, I don't think about that being necessarily technology because it's necessary for me to connect, but man, there was a day. Those things were not easy. You know, it was not easy to get connected to your bank. It was the, and the apps were terrible. It was not easy to get the fitness stuff out of your phone like you get it today or the watch. Those were the early days when a bunch of us nerds were tinkering with things, kind of helping the industry get there. Um, I think we're there now for the most part. And you may be pleasantly surprised. I bet you have 60, 65, 70 apps on your phone, but you don't, you just don't think of apps that way anymore because they just work. And you just yeah, no, and you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm just you bringing that up. I know that I, I have I use my banking app. I've got the Fitbit app because I've got the watch. Uh, I just installed the Nests at my other house, and uh, I've been using that. I can set the temperature from there. Uh, you know, it, it's it really is. It's amazing, and I think that you hit it by saying they've made it a lot simpler. It's a lot easier to use. You don't have to go through 20 steps to get something done. And it really, it's, uh, it's incredible. And yeah. I, I think we're, we are, we are getting better. I think, uh, and, and maybe because they're making it much easier for us to use. Yeah. We, we are getting more integrated as well. And so mm-hmm. when we think about how our Wi-Fi interacts with our home automation and our lights and our thermostat, and when the car comes in and I get geo proximity, I can, uh, the door will open for me as I get closer to it. Now, do I need that? No. But all those things begin to work, right? The, maybe the lights come on, maybe the temperature in the house cools down or heats up. 
based on whether my car's in the garage or not, or it senses me. All those things, again, we used to have to manually set all that stuff up. Today, with some of the technologies that are there, that all, that stuff for the most part works. It's still a little clunky in some areas. It yeah. continues to get better with Google's acquisition of Nest and, and, um, and Ring and some of those. Sorry, I'm sorry. Google of Nest and Amazon with Ring. <laughs> there yeah. we go. And we're going to have more of those coming. The technology works for us now. And so the average guy, so to speak, can just kind of set it up, turn yeah. it on, and it kind of works. Yeah. Which is, we're, we're, we're to a generation, you know, it wasn't long ago we were struggling with Windows PCs, you know, the Windows 95, 98, 2000 era. You couldn't even get a printer driver to install correctly, much less have that, have that thing actually be useful for you. So where I'm seeing, Sean, where I'm seeing a lot of benefit to this, and we'll talk about some of these tonight, we actually have great gear that helps us men, you know, the 40 plus be healthier, be more kind of in yeah. tune with what's going on around us to be, to help us learn more. Like I can't, I, I, I cannot tell you the number of podcasts I listen to. I recapture that time I'm driving to work. I don't listen to music anymore. I listen to podcasts 24 yeah. seven, always jamming my brain full of new information. There's a plethora of podcast app. There's some great technology around podcasts. You can speed them up. You can sneak them in earbuds that help you. Listen to them everywhere, right? In the gym, on the road, on the bike, in the car. Some of those kinds of things. Um, those things just work. And so it's helped, it's helped us to be, I think, better. Yeah. And a little sidetrack there. You mentioned podcasts and that was kind of the last, uh, frontier here for people over 40 and 50. And that demo is growing, uh, you know, exponentially now because it is so much easier. If you can, uh, get to iTunes and you can just hit that little podcast icon on your phone and you can listen to uh, just about any subject that you like because everything is this niche but it is it's growing and that's uh, one of the reasons that I even I started this podcast because I said there's really nothing out there for us that talks about all the things that uh, we're interested in and they're listening now yeah and, and they're listening in droves right the numbers yeah. are continuing to grow yeah. this demographic in particular the other sneaky one uh, is YouTube which has been kind of, you know, we always think about the kids, the YouTubers, yeah. right? And we we took it from them. <laughs> we kind of <laughs> right. are. I, I can't yeah. tell you how many videos I watch on, on people like lawn mowing techniques or, yeah. or guys uh, doing wood, kind of doing woodwork. I'm watching two different guys build yachts yeah. on YouTube, right? They're building, now I would never do that, but I'm so fascinated with what they're doing and watching them do it and learning things from them. You know, as we get older, one of, I, I was just talking to somebody about this today. One of the dangers is getting older is we stop learning things. And I think that's bad for our brain. I think we need oh, to continue, yeah. right? We need to continue yeah. to be, to just jam information in it just as long as we can. It keeps it fresh and vibrant. And I think it keeps us less grumpy. <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of all for learning. And I think, man, YouTube has become a platform where I can literally learn anything from astrophysics. Right to something of, to the history of the Houston Astros. Yeah. Uh, in this, uh, it, you know, one video after the other. So it's pretty great to. to yeah, keep and you mentioned all these things that are on, on YouTube where it could be the most, you know, a subject that you never even imagine is that uh, <clears throat> big of a, a deal. And there's 200,000 views. You know, I mean, or you know, a quarter of a million views on it because it is it, and that it is. It's growing every day, and, and the same with the podcast. So, uh, but getting back to uh, what we wanted to talk about tonight, 
there are a lot of gadgets out there now to, uh, with technology that really do uh, make our lives better, and and we can handle it. We can we can handle this technology. It's not really that tough to do. And uh, one of them I wanted to start with are uh, earbuds. Now we're wearing headphones now, and they're they're plugged into things. But uh, one of the the big uh, freeing uh, items that we have now is being able to have these earbuds that are Bluetooth, uh, and and there's no wires at all. You just basically put them in your ears, and and you can use them for travel. A lot of people want to listen to music when they're uh, working out or even just out there walking or whatever they're doing. And uh, it's a really popular item. And I know that, uh, you know, men my age are younger. Uh, they uh, want to listen to music or podcasts. So uh, I want to talk about earbuds. Yeah, I think for me, uh, there's really just two leaders at this point. So Apple's AirPods, that's if you want to go strictly Bluetooth on those. A little expensive. There are some knockoff versions of those. I, as an example, uh, one of the retailers in our space, they've kind of gotten uh, out of the business in the last couple of months, but Shopco carried an off-brand of AirPods that uh, were instead of 200 bucks or 250 bucks, they were 40 bucks, And actually, they worked just as well. And yeah. so, you know, you, you, you take a crapshoot when you buy those kinds of things. But for, for us, that style, put them in, turn them on, they pair, they pair with my phone, listening to them on the treadmill or on a bicycle. Oh, by the way, there's some safety concerns if you're out bicycling in public yeah. to do yeah. this. But, um, and I've got a solution for that as well. But AirPods, and then I think if you don't, if maybe you're anti-Apple and there's still some folks who are like, nah, I'm not going to pay the Apple tax for some of those things. Well, then you end up paying the Bose tax. So right. Bose has got a great, I mean, they got some great, they even have sleep pods now that you can put in and it'll play music. If your partner snores, you can throw those things in. It'll play these different sounds that help counteract that snoring at certain frequencies. They're really small. They don't play music yet. I think at some point they'll come. But Bose also has Bluetooth that everybody just swears by. So I think if you're active, if you want to be Bluetooth, if you want to be wireless, those are the most expensive. You can go down. I would not. This is an area I would stay away from the middle. You know, that $150 category, you're going to drop down and you're not going to get them. They're not going to be that much better than the the knockoff 40, 50, 60 versions. Right, right. You know, you'll blow, you'll blow through those a little bit faster. But but if you don't like them, you just toss them. One of those kinds of things. So, so with with the air the AirPods though the the Apple product or the Bose, are are you talking? You're going to spend you know a couple hundred dollars, two hundred fifty dollars for that. Yeah, or, or yeah, two hundred two hundred fifty to four hundred, depending on yeah. what you're picking really? up. Now, yeah. But you're getting a really good pair. Like those, what Apple's making are really really good. Yeah. Good quality, yeah. good microphone, good good in the ears. They feel good. Um, you know, it, it, it just depends. It, it, like I said, if you're going to go, some, some guys want to go all the way. They have the, you know, this yeah. phase in our life, we've got kind of that disposable income now to kind of mess yeah. around with. And, and I, th- those are, the, those are two of my favorites. I have, and they're too far away for me to reach now, but I have the Bose Quiet Comfort 35s that I bought. Those are the over the ear for travel, right? Noise right. canceling. No um, wire. It's just a headphone that has completely a completely Bluetooth fits over your head. Yeah, great for traveling, right? You can't hear anything. Great for so, traveling. Yeah. The newest versions of them have integration with the Google Assistant, so you can talk to them, and they'll do certain things. It's really wild. Uh, my, uh, my, doesn't, I bought them just before that came in, but um, uh, yeah, I, I won't go back. They're just built so well. They sound so good when I'm traveling. They feel so good on my head. I'm yeah. kind of at that point, like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go with the mid-range. I'm either going to go ultra-cheap, 
and treat them as disposable kind of things, or I'm going to go at the best and really take care of it. And those are the two brands. You know, of course, you've got like Sony out there. You've got um, uh, you got Beats. You got some of those. Um, and actually, my daughter, um, we went out and got headphones for her. She ended up with a pair of Audio, Audio Technica. They were probably 179. Now they're over the ear, but they have earbud versions of those as well. Yeah. She actually liked the way they fit better than the Bose. And so really? sometimes it's a personal thing too. I think with headphones or earbuds, this is one of those things. It's your ears are super sensitive. I think it's things if you can go in and test some things out or you can go to a place that has a very liberal return policy. I think it's worth it to get what you like, what you're comfortable with. I'd mentioned riding a bike outside and what I actually use for podcasting are called earbuds. Y U R B U D S. They're earbuds designed by athletes. They were triathletes who would have earbuds in their ears for four or five hours a day, right? Yeah, they yeah. also have, they also let ambient sound in so that I can hear traffic or someone saying, Hey, I'm coming up on your left or I can hear things, right? The earbud design allows uh, sound to come in. Not all earbuds do. If you look on Amazon, most of them are built to block that external sound out. Mm-hmm. Earbuds, which I use for podcasting because I want to hear the sound of my voice, are built for safety. That may be an exception where if you're an athlete, you might want to look for a style of earbuds that are going to have that safety involved in it. Yeah, and uh, the ones like the uh, the Bose you're talking about are the big headphones. That is, You put those on, it's like going into a sound booth. Yeah, it really yeah. is. It just completely cuts out everything. And then you've got everything in between, like you mentioned with the Apple uh, earbuds they have, uh, also the Bose, which you're going to spend on the high end. But also there are a lot of these, uh, as you mentioned, that are on the low end. I mean, you can get a really good pair, um, and I think there's like RHA. Uh, I, I did a little research, you know, just trying to see which ones are some of these best ofs. But, there, are, you know, they've got a range of them that are, you know, $60.00. That got really good reviews with, you know, thousands of reviews on them that got very good reviews. So you don't have to spend a fortune to get a good pair. But like you said, if, if you really want that, uh, you know, that big difference, you, you're going to pay for it. Yeah. That premium experience, you know, you can, you, you're looking for, I would even go, if I was going to go low end on something and I just kind of wanted a pair of stand at your buds, I might go with a Sony pair, right? 30 bucks Sony. on Amazon. Good name. They're going to have good sound associated with them. Um, those, the earbuds that I was talking about, they're 30 to 60. So you could get in that range too. So you've got some options. Um, and I would go, you know, ask some people around you, Hey, what are you, what are you currently using? And, uh, and get some recommendations as well. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay. And, uh, you know, folks, we'll put some uh, links up. Uh, for some of these items that you can check out, like we said, we're just uh, some recommendations. We're not, not we're not getting paid to <laughs> to pitch them, but uh, but Jim, you know, you've, you've had uh, some experience with a lot of this stuff, and we're going to be all over the place with these uh, products. But I'll tell you, I kind of went through a list and said what uh, items would make a difference in my life that uh, you know I'd really like to have, and so uh, one of them, and I meant I mentioned it, is the Nest Smart Thermostat. Which, uh, homes are becoming smarter. And I, I, there's, there's, I'm sure there's other ones out there, but this is one I recently got for, a, a, a another house that I have. And I'm, I wasn't going to be there all the time and we're doing an Airbnb with it. And, uh, you know, from a distance, you got people that come in there. I live out in Arizona. So the first thing they do when they come into the house is they crank that thing down to 60 something, you know? And, uh, so that, that's fine. But when they're gone and I may not be there for a few days, you don't want that thermostat at 60. And so there are a lot of these items that are smart items for homes, and and this is just one of them. But I really think it's it's a great item. Yeah, there's two really major players in the market right now when we think about it. And there's some, you know, there's maybe three or four on the periphery, and then there's everybody else. But Nest and Ecobee, right? Those are the two. And when in my tech show, and we talked to people. In fact, one of my most popular shows ever was an Ecobee show that we really. Did. Yeah, didn't anticipate it. Uh, it's just one of those that. That folks really liked it. Uh, the YouTube video did really, really well um, on it. But those two have kind of cornered the market. And so I think if you're thinking about a smart thermostat, a couple of the keys in it, some of them now are, are uh, you know, uh, will work with the Google Assistant or the Amazon Assistant. That's kind of cool, right? They're built in. Some of them have sensors, right? You can put temperature sensors around the rest of the house that works with the thermostat. In the old days, your thermostat was in the middle of the house, and whatever the temperature was in the middle of the house is what the thermostat, yeah, what the furnace, or the, yeah, right. <laughs> well, you'd put it in the common area, right? Yeah. But it didn't matter. Sometimes, uh, you know, you open that the hallway always has a bathroom associated with it, and you open the bathroom after a shower, and a bunch of hot air comes out and turns yeah. on the air conditioner. House cools down to seven degrees more than it needs to. The whole house, yeah. right? Because it's not smart. And so with both of these devices, they're, they're having ways and Ecobee more than Nest on these, um, you know, having these remote sensors that are around, but they're all pretty much catching up to that as well. And so you can put these remote sensors around the house to give it and, and let the furnace and the, the air conditioning know where to go and what to do. That is actual real savings, right? It's comfort. So maybe you can shut down some of the parts of the house that are not being used. Um, the parts you're in can be the most comfortable for you. And like you mentioned, when you're away or you could monitor and maybe in a home where you're not, you're not in there all the time, but maybe you have guests or whatever. And like you said, they leave the house can be empty for a week. They leave it at 65, the yeah. air at 65, right? That's real money. Uh, most people have complained in the old days, you know, 20 years ago, we bought a thermostat. It was the one on the wall. It was a circle. It was just temperature on the bottom and, all it had was a little bit of mercury in there that would, you know, sense what the temperature was and such. 
Um, those were like 30 bucks. Now you're going to pay $300 for a thermostat. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to realize you're getting so much more valuable, you're so much more value out of what can be done in these thermostats. Some of them are monitoring your home as well as the temperature. Some of it extends these voice assistants out. So you might have a voice assistant in the kitchen, one in your bedroom. Now you got one in the hall if that's where your thermostat is, right? So yeah, I, I really think this is, these thermostats have snuck in. You never would have thought. We never would have thought 30 years ago, like, yeah, the thermostat's going to be a high-tech item. It is. Yeah, it is. No, and it's great because it's uh, it's simplified it. I mean, we had this other – before we put this other thermostat, and we had one, and it would – you know, it had all these different settings. And then you'd put it, uh, you know, high, low, this. Th- you know, it's one setting, and it basically – and it also learns your habits. These And they can uh, sense when – People are not in the home. It'll shut down. It'll go to eco setting, and you can, uh, you know, there's the voice uh, activation on it that you can talk to the thing. I mean, there's, it, it's just amazing, and it's just uh, one of these items, uh, one of the first real items I think that people are using at a mass scale now uh, for for having this smart home, and uh, you know, they're they're tied in with security as well, and we'll get into that a little bit too. Is but uh, to me, this is a it's a great item. Because it's going to save you money too, and it it simplifies that whole you know management of temperature in your home. Which if you live in different parts of the country, whether you live back east with the heat, uh, you know you need, or you've got the air conditioning out here in Arizona, uh, they really really save you money. Yeah, I I think there's actually coming a day when every room has its own assistant in mm-hmm. it, and then in it is a human you know a, a humistat or whatever checks humidity, mm-hmm. temperature. Uh, and, and maybe some lighting and even some motion. And so every room becomes kind of that device. I, I don't know why it needs to be restricted. The thermostat necessarily needs to be restricted to one device. Um, and maybe you have a main one and everything else is a sensor. It's not terribly expensive to put a temperature sensor in, in an, you know, in Alexa or in a, in a home smart device. It's not that expensive. So, I think we're going to see more of these room devices coming with these kind of built-in features to kind of help the home from all over uh, be able to know what's going on. Yeah, and, and homes are really, it's be, they're becoming smarter. That's how it's all going to work. This is one of the first items, like I said, that I think that a lot of people are beginning to use, but it's just the beginning. It, uh, we're going to be seeing more and more of you being able to control your everything in your house. I mean, you can do it now, but now it's a, it's a big setup. But I think at some point it's going to become very easy. You're going to be able to adjust the temperature in your home, the lights, uh, the lock the doors. Uh, you, you know, you can do all that, and it'll be uh, on a market, uh, you know, available situation where everybody can do it for a pretty low price. But that's a great start, and uh, you know, I feel like I've I've kind of gotten on board with it. You know, doing <laughs> making that move with these with these Nest thermostats. So uh, that is one item you guys should take a look at because your house is getting smarter. And with that, I mentioned about the voice activation. Everything talks to you now. Uh, and uh, one thing that people, a lot of people have in their homes are the, is the Alexa, the Echo Dot. Um, we, I was given one by my kids as for a, a, a present. I still have not plugged the thing in. I, I've had it in for a couple of weeks and then she annoyed the crap out of me and I just, and I didn't see any use for it. But is there more to it, and, and should we look a little deeper, and are they useful? 
Yeah, I think they are. Um, we are an Amazon family. There's basically a couple different, in, you know, uh, ecosystems, so to speak, you can be a part of. So yeah. Amazon is one of those. Google is a, is another one of those. Not sure you could really count Apple in at this point. They could have been there with Siri. They're not. Uh, Microsoft could have been there with Cortana, the digital assistant in Windows. Yeah. They're not. That just hasn't worked. That's kind of flushed itself out. So you're generally, most people are in one of those two. Um, you are, by the way, Facebook could have been in this space as well. They, they had everybody's attention. They kind of missed it as well. But those other two companies have, uh, have made it work. Um, but do you, yeah, do you think they passed for a reason that they didn't see the market? I mean, they, they obviously yeah. do a tremendous amount of research. Did they just say it's not the time or it wasn't going to be something they saw? I taking think off? they were thinking about something else at the yeah. time. They've, they've had, they've been in a lot of, you know, Facebook's been in a lot of trouble and they've been so focused on just keeping themselves out of trouble. Yeah. I'm not sure that they were necessarily they didn't see themselves as a as a helpful uh, information company where both Google and Amazon have realized hey if we can get these digital assistants and people talking to them um there's a lot of wealth of information in that that's both Amazon and Google understand that are they listening to us absolutely are they spying on us totally should you be, should you be concerned? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah. You have to, you have to practice, I think, some safe computing methods at this point. I think we're going to find out five years from now they're listening to us a lot more than we thought. Yeah. Now, for most people, is that a problem? I don't think so. There's always a trade off between security and convenience, right? Always a trade off on those two. They're terribly convenient. We use them primarily to build lists. We run out of something in the house. You know, we say, Lady A, add this to the shopping list. Uh, we start music, um, you know, we start music lists with it. We ask it questions about converting things when we're cooking stuff. You can ask it funny, you know, tell me a joke, some of those kinds of things. Recently, both have become the center of home automation, which is, I don't think what we expected. We turn our lights on and off with it. You can turn on your Nest thermostat or Ecobee. And adjust that that way, right? You can just say, I'm not comfortable, turn this down. Um, They're still pretty rudimentary. Like, they they have a trouble holding conversations. This isn't Jarvis from Iron Man, right? The the ultimate end to this is Jarvis. Right. right? They're not there yet. Are they getting? They totally will be. Yeah, Yeah. I think they will be. So today, in the pre-show, you and I were talking, I needed to turn on my studio lights, they're in an area I can't reach them, so it just made sense to put us, you know, to put a a light switch that's uh, that's uh, turned on by by this device, and I can just say, hey, turn the studio lights on, and they turn them on. That's kind of stuff that makes sense. Down here in the basement, we don't have a lot of light switches, but I got a lot of lights. Well, home automation works great for telling this device turn these lights on and off, right? That's super convenient to be able to do that. But Jim, how how do you do that? Because I'm saying, what I, the only way I look at this thing right now, it's it's sitting it sits in the kitchen, and you can say, what's the temperature outside, Alexa, or uh, you know, play the Rolling Stones, uh, you know, get no satisfaction, and that and that's pretty much the extent of what people really use those for. Uh, how do you get uh, more complicated with, like you said, where you could actually turn on lights, your studio lights there, or turn off switches, turn off the lights in the kitchen or something? How how do you Make that connection with it. Yeah. So for both devices, both Google and Amazon, the app is the key. So you got to get into the app. You can enable things that way. By the way, you can enable some of these things with your voice. So you can tell 
you can take, say I have a, a Philips Hue. That's my lighting system here. So Philips makes lighting. They have a hub. I turn it on. It senses the network. I connect it, right? Make all that work. Then the Amazon device will know that the Hue device is on my network. And I can say, scan the network. Hey, a, a lady A, scan the network. And she'll come back and say, hey, I found a Philips Hue. Do you want me to put that in your list of things? Yes, to, you know, to control. And you say yes. So you so, can go, go ahead. No, so basically, did these devices have a Bluetooth chip in them so that they can talk to Alexa? I mean, how, explain yeah. it to me that uh, in those terms of where, how do they, are they able to interact with all of these different products? Yeah, so on the home automation side, most of your lights, uh, shades, any of those kinds of things are going back to a hub of some sort. Yeah. And that hub is either Zigbee or Blue Wave. Those are uh, uh, Zigbee or uh, – why did I say Blue Wave now that I'm saying this? You know how you get a word stuck in your head? Yeah. Um, anyways, two different kinds of things we don't normally interact with, right? Yeah. But the hub is going to attach via Wi-Fi. That you know, right? You know Wi-Fi. Right. I can understand that one. Things, yeah. 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 So in the setup for the light bulb, it'll tell you how to connect it to the hub, and then the hub will connect to the to the Wi-Fi. In some cases, both these devices are beginning to build in those hub-like functions for these devices. So I not, no longer have to use the hub that comes with the device. I can connect them directly to the device. Generally, not always, um, generally that happens a lot through Wi-Fi. So that device yeah. comes in, it connects to the network. You do some setup on your phone. You got to download the app for the device. You set it that it'll, it will broadcast on your, you know, the, the device will broadcast. You'll attach to it with your phone. You'll say, okay, here's my IP and here's my password. Now you can connect to the network. Super important, right? right. Cause you, you want to okay. secure these things down. Then once it's on the network, then these devices can find them and they'll be like, Oh, I've noticed that you've got this device, you know, this Philips Hue. Do you want me to use it? And you say yes, and it's in. So it's not, I don't think it's as hard as you think it is. Sure. It does take a few steps. Take the device, connect it to the network. Get your, get out your app for either the Amazon device or the Google device. Go in there and say, hey, search on my network now. What did you find? Oh, I found some lights. Okay. Now I can do something with, with the lights. I can set, uh, I can set, like, I can group lights together. I can say, Here's all my upstairs lights. Like upstairs, we have a light called the front door light. Well, guess where it's at? It's at the front door. If I want to say, turn it on, I say, turn on the front door light. It's super easy to do. But I want the couch lamp. I want the living room light. And I want the front door light all to be grouped as the upstairs. Those are all my upstairs lights. So when I go to bed, I can say, turn off all the upstairs lights. Or I can set a setting in there to say, Hey, I'm going to bed. And that key word will mean, oh, turn off turn all the off lights. Turn off the lights. Oh, no, yeah. <clears throat> that is amazing. But with the, do you have to do a voice prompt for each one of these so that she recognizes it? Or like you said, is it just something that it, it when you mention that device that she knows that, that identifies it and recognizes it. So you yeah. say. So all, th I could do all three. I could say, I can pick an individual, and this is just, we're using lights as an example. You can yeah. make anything out of this, yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. you could say an individual light, my front door light. I could group them by just the upstairs and say, turn off all the upstairs lights, or I could set a setting. Some of them call them moods, some call them groupings. They, everybody does it a little bit differently. 
But that's kind of a command of like, I'm leaving. That means turn off all the lights, right? That's one of those kinds of settings. You can say, take all the lights or these group of lights, or maybe, hey, I'm going outside. It turns on all the outside lights, (laughs) right? So uh, one of the things, you know, I have this equation that options equal confusion. The more options you have, the more confusing it can be, right? Yeah. And so this can be maddening. I know guys that have, you know, 50 to 60 to 75 devices now in their house on home automation. Wow. It can be if something goes wrong. The other day, a, a garbage truck Saturday morning hit a power pole and took out the power and internet. Right. Yeah. So you think, okay, well, once the power's off, you lose everything. You do. Yeah. Power came back on. Internet didn't come back on right away. None of my home automation devices worked. I say, everybody's locked in their house. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do? They're stuck. Like, I, I forgot how got to them trapped. Turn the doorknob. You know, you're like, oh, I can't yeah. get. My wife had to ask me, like, how do I get out of the garage? The power's yeah. off. And I'm like, well, there's a little thing you pull. Yeah. Like, it disconnects. <laughs> the, and you pull the garage. Yeah, She's right. like, will that work? And I'm like, yeah. of course that'll work. That's the manual way of getting out. But we get so dependent on these devices sometimes we think, like, we forget, like, just how did how did we do this when it was manual? Oh yeah, it's like do you know your kid's phone number? We don't have to know anybody's phone number. So I don't know, you know, because we just look at our phone and it's yeah. a person's name now. But it, it's here. I mean, you're, you're uh, it, it's. I think at this point, like you said, there's just for, for most people, it's just too much. I mean, for me to think I could hook up 50 different devices in my home on that little box, that little dot, uh, is just kind of mind blowing. But that all that all those capabilities are already here. They are. They are. And if you do them one at a time, this is this is the thing. Don't try to tackle it all in one sitting. Like, you know, get a device, plug it into the network, mess around with it, give it a week or two, learn it, then move on to the next device. And in our community, this is kind of what I've seen work for most guys and gals. Just take a couple at a time. They don't have to be, you know, I'm so ridiculous. I have an egg minder. So my egg carton in the fridge is Wi-Fi enabled and keeps track of when I take eggs in and out of it. Oh, and it can boy. tell me how long an egg has been in there. When was, when did I put it in and when I should take it out or what, I, which one I should grab first. It, you know, it helps me to use it. So it says, uh, no, Jim, not that one. No, a light comes on. Yeah, a light comes on on the thing, and it says, wow. take this egg, okay. right? That's the, now, that's now you're scaring me. Now you're scaring it's, it's me. Pretty little, cool. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. But it, but it says, I mean, they, they say that uh, the dots, uh, 50,000 skills, and not just controlling devices in your home. I mean, think about it. You could say, I, I need a, an Uber. You could do that. You could order food and have uh, them, you know, do the uh, the dine and, or the dash, uh, you know, delivery service. I mean, it really, it's, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's amazing what, what you're going to be able to do with that. Uh, but like you say, Jim, start slow and maybe a few devices at a time. Cause that's what, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring Alexa back out. I'm going to bring the dot back out and I'm going to, I'm going to give it a shot, Jim, just because yeah, of, yeah. of, uh, your, your, maybe, maybe one thing a week. Just, yeah. you know, try want something, something new. There's tons of things I don't use on it, by the way. It's not like I use everything that's on it. There's lots of things it does. I just don't need, but the things I like, we use all the time. I don't know what we do without our lists. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Now, uh, you mentioned before, we, you know, how Wi-Fi, how important it is. Uh, and that, that really is for everybody. I mean, at this point in your life, uh, if you don't have good Wi-Fi in your home, uh, you're in trouble because we really we depend on the uh, getting on the Internet pretty much every single day. Uh, one problem I have in my house is uh, I've got uh, a son who's back way back in the other side of the house who's on his, you know, with the games all the time. So he wants the modem as close as possible. Well, way in the master bedroom on the other side, uh, you know, it's not as good. The signal is not as good. And I saw this one item, the Google Wi-Fi system, where uh, they have uh, these different, I, you'll be able to explain a lot better than I do, where you put spread these around the house and it keeps a really even signal around uh, your home. Now, is this something worth having and, and do they work? Yeah, I think this really depends. And your case is a perfect example is our homes get bigger and they get harder to push. We get more dependent on Wi-Fi and they're harder to push signal into the corners. Right. And and when more and more things get dependent on Wi-Fi, it just used to be computers. I, mean, I remember a day the only thing that was attached to the Wi-Fi was computers. Now we might have four or five times more devices than our computers being attached to Wi-Fi. So, yes, yeah. it's called mesh networking. So Google has, is, is in this space, of course, right? And then Netgear is in it with a product they purchased oh, a year or two called Orbi. Um, there is also some off-brands. Um, there's one more Netgear. Let me see. Linksys. One more. Uh, it'll come to me here in just a second. But this idea of mesh, let's talk about three um uh, three devices, because that's are commonly sold in packs of three. You right. might put one in the center and two on the ends, right, to yeah. get the kind of what you're kind of looking for. The the hard part is is in the old days, if you had one Wi-Fi router or w- in your house going, you have what's called an SSID. That's the name you gave your Wi-Fi in your house. You might use your last name. You might have called it NSA Security Van. That's a fun one to when your neighbors find it. They're ah, oh, hey, you know. Um, you, you named, on me. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> named it something and you put a password on it. Well, in the old, it, when you only had one router per house and you tried to set up multiple routers, they could not work off, 
uh, the same SSID. They would get confused, right? That's why it didn't work. So Mesh tries to fix that by saying, okay, one SSID in the house, and we'll handle all the handoffs of when I go from one end of the house to the other. So I'm on my phone. I'm upstairs in the bathroom. I'm connected to Wi-Fi. When I'm done, I go downstairs. Uh, I'm in the basement now. I'm going to be on a different Wi-Fi device at that point. It has to hand off my phone from the upstairs to the downstairs. That's incredibly complicated and really hard to do. This is the problem they're trying to solve with mesh. It's getting better. We're about a year or two into really good mesh kind of Wi-Fi networks. And it's getting easier to set up. So these devices, that one from, uh, that one from Google is one of those kinds of offerings. And they're making it easier. It's still not bulletproof yet. So kind of depending on how you spread them out. I mean, homes, this is another complicated, kind of a hard, complicated problem. I have heard of the average guy buying these and trying to set them up and they just fail. They're like, I, I don't get it. I don't understand how to do this. It's still super technical. Um, I still think we're a, maybe a year or two away from them being bulletproof for the average guy. Mm-hmm. So if you're having Wi-Fi connection problems but, and you're going to buy them, find a tech friend. If you're not tech savvy, find a tech friend who's done this to get some help. I think they're still in a place where we probably need a little help getting them set up. Yeah, so these uh, these things go for about 260 bucks. as I yeah. think Amazon has that. Yep. And uh, you mentioned this this handoff. So if you if you were in the middle of something, you might lose that connection, and it has to be reestablished. So yeah. I mean, is that how it actually works? Because it you're does. almost going in between different modems. It it kind of is, yeah. yeah. And they're and they're really working on making that seamless. So that handoff is not not ever you know you don't ever notice that handoff between devices, but uh, sometimes in that SSID. Devices get confused. So they're like, oh, hey, I was up here and now I'm on there. Wait a minute, same SSID. Like uh, some of our device makers, like our phone makers, yeah. are working with different technologies on even on the Wi-Fi to make this knowing mesh is coming uh, to make this better. Now, okay, all that being said, we may live in a day 5G is coming. And, you know, 5G is the next standard. Uh, Elon Musk is launching all these satellites, right? You maybe saw that launch where the – uh, Starlight or whatever it's called, where they, they're putting thousands of these small satellites in space to give us kind of universal 5G through our phone connection. There may come a day, I don't know if this is it, but there may come a day where we don't, we stop trying to set up Wi-Fi in our house and just our phone connection is what gets us or we, we would subscribe to something at home. You're still going to be on the landline. Yeah. But for your wireless devices, you're just going to, you're going to pick it up out of the air. So now that's, that's a ways off for most right. of us. But, but 5G still, is going to be that much of a difference from 1G yes. now? Yeah. Really? Oh yeah. Way faster. Yeah. yeah. Way faster. And for most people, all they need today to stream movies, to get the internet, to do what they're doing, in a lot of cases, 5G is going to be plenty for some of the things they're doing. We're in the early, early, early days of that. We'll start seeing 5G roll out, oh, later next year in a lot of the bigger markets, and it'll probably be a three- to five-year rollout for a lot of people. There's some interesting tech coming with 5G. So it's something to keep an eye on. It's not going to fix your problem today. If you're having coverage problems today, you need to get some help with a mesh Wi-Fi network in your house. That's what you need to do today. I have so one. Like I, this isn't necessarily there. Yeah, I have one Wi-Fi in my house. I have a Bitdefender box, one device. It works perfectly for my house. 
get a larger home, you're probably going to need a mesh network. Okay. And uh, so you might want to hold off on the, the Wi-Fi uh, system, Google Wi-Fi system, until they get that thing worked out. Well, I think, um, yeah, I think keep your ear close to the ground on yeah. reduce. I think this is the key is that, you know, if you don't have to have it, if one works for you today, you don't have to have mesh. If you're having coverage problems, find somebody who can help you put a nice mesh, ne- mesh network in. You're going to pay three to 500 bucks for equipment to get that done. For some, it's worth it to get it done. If you need that today, that's what you're going to have to do. Okay. Um, I want to talk about, you know, today, uh, you know, people are sick of cable television in a lot of ways. You don't need 500 channels. And, and we are getting to the point where people are basically putting their own network together. You get to put together exactly what you want to watch, put it in the order you want to watch it, uh, you know, with your binge watching, whatever you want to do. So with all that, you know, we've got YouTube television out there. Uh, you've got the Fire Stick. You've got Apple TV. Uh, can you kind of put this in all perspective, what each one does in a kind of a capsule? And uh, where are we going with this? And, and what do you think is one of the best options now? Because uh, a lot of people, you know, they don't need cable. Yeah. without the, With the exception of maybe getting a local channel, which some of these other ones you can do, uh, what are some of the options now? Well, you're not going to like what I'm about to say. But we, we are headed right back to cable, except called something else. So what we found, right, everybody, cable got a monopoly, got really yes. expensive. It, like you said, and people were like, I'm paying, you know, $179 for 5,000 channels. I'm not watching 20, this stuff. maybe, yeah. Right. So cable cutters, that's what we call them, right? A couple of years ago, three, five, seven years ago, we started cutting the cable. I've been... I cut the cable a long time ago, put, installed antennas in my attic, and have been getting over-the-air HD television for quite a few years, and I bring those in through various devices. And that's okay, but I get local television. I don't get ESPN. I don't get Disney. I don't get HGTV. HBO. I don't get HBO. Right. Yeah. All right. So in the last three years, all these services like Hulu and Netflix and Amazon Prime and and now uh, oh, okay. you know, yeah, Disney's going to have their own. And, yeah. and now let's separate. We have services and we have devices. So Roku's Fire Sticks, um, Nvidia Shields, uh, smart TVs. Those are all hardware driven, right? Those are all pieces right. of hardware that do stuff. And then you have the services like Disney and Hulu and HBO Go and CBS All Access, right? Those are all those are all network or, or television stations, so to speak. They're they're media. Um, uh, providers. So we have those two different things going on. Well, what it has done is made the market absolutely unbelievably complicated. Like, okay, if I want to watch, if I want to watch Man in the High Castle, like, because that's one of my favorite new shows that's out there, I have to think, okay, what, which, what, okay, what network is that? Okay, who's, where, where do I go? Do I have to, oh, oh, it's on Prime. Oh, okay, so I go over to Prime. Recently, this Chernobyl has been a big series uh, that's going on on HBO. I don't have HBO. Does that mean I need to get, okay, so I'm going to subscribe to HBO Go for a month, and then I'm going to cancel. It's ridiculous. Like, most people aren't just going to jump through those hoops. So what's been happening now, well, and before I even say that, Disney all of a sudden now is going to be offering their own. You know, they've they've bought everything, right? They merged with 20th Century Fox. They own all of Lucas. They have all the Marvel stuff. So, like... You know, you're thinking, all of a sudden we're thinking, okay, it, it, there's a Disney channel. I think 
we are slowly going to move back to two or three of these services that are going to provide everything and they're going to be 150 bucks. Like it's just the nature of the way things they, they, you know, they decentralize and then it gets too complicated. And so they centralize back again. And so I think that direction we're heading today, say if I didn't want to mess around with a lot of things, YouTube TV is probably the best. It's the most expensive. But it's probably the best solution to get local channels and cable channels all in one place. But it doesn't get you HBO. So now you're subscribing to HBO and it doesn't get you Hulu. So you're subscribing to Hulu and Netflix and right because they all have this exclusive content and you're in, you end up, I hate to say this, but I, for most people, they're paying just as much as they did for cable, yeah. right? Yeah, with all the different things you add, and you say, I'm saving here, but then you have to get this, you have to get that. Oh. Yeah, and you end up uh, spending just about the same thing. Oh. So what is it going to look like? I mean, are we still going to end up, whatever they kind of uh, get to a point where they uh, you know, have all this together, but are you still going to be paying $150, $170? I think so. Well, not soon. So we're, we're not going to get out of this. No, no we're not. No matter what we do. No, yeah. we're not. I don't, I don't think so. That's my, that's my own personal opinion. We're going to have, so YouTube is definitely going to be in this space. Uh, net or uh, Amazon is definitely going to play in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, Disney is definitely going to play in this space, yeah. right? Um, I, nobody saw that coming. I don't, I mean, we've kind of known Disney as a juggernaut, but they own so many things now and, and are doing so many cool things with, with their media. The rest are kind of a crapshoot. Like, will Netflix make it? Will, Hulu make it. I doubt mm-hmm. it. Hulu will probably be one of the first ones to go. Um, and so, you know, you got these ones that are orbiting around the outside that I think eventually they'll get squeezed out of the market. Well, we'll go down to three because that's what we always go down to, right? That's kind of the natural conclusion of things. We'll go to three big players in that. Um, we've already seen YouTube go th- their prices from 40 to 50 and I think they're 60 now. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in charging now, great service and super convenient, but I think they're going to continue to jack their prices up knowing like, well, cause they can, right? And then what will you do? Cut the internet? Like, <laughs> you know, what do you do after that? You can't cut the streaming ones. That's where you're going to get, where, where do we go next? Yeah, but will we have the control of it though, as far as what we want to watch? I mean, you know, the old days of television, they basically said, okay, here's what we're giving you. And if you want to watch it, you got to have appointment television. you got to be there Thursday night at 7 p.m. and we'll have friends on or for you or whatever. Are we going to have more control where we, as I mentioned before, basically having your own network where you say, okay, I want to be able to watch this? Because what I, we're already seeing what they do is they release these series all at once. Uh, whereas, they, you know, it's not like they release one a week and you have to follow along. They'll release entire seasons and it, do you see that more in the future, whatever it's going to look like? If it's whatever it's whatever the services, if it's a Disney channel or whatever it is, um, will you be able to stack them and be able to form your own, like I said, network? Yeah, in some regards, we, we are seeing what's been different about the way we watch stuff on the Internet versus TV was that you're right. It's It, it used to be you get it or you don't. Like, hey, watch it during this time or you don't. Right. A long time ago. We're pretty used to stuff on demand today. What's been different is now these networks are buying exclusive rights to the content and they're removing it. So you might get Orange is the New Black for two years and then it's gone. 
Yeah, right. Then what do you do? Yeah. Then yeah. where you, you you could you find it on a BitTorrent? Could you find it on YouTube somewhere? Pieces of it, sure. But the easy legal, just go watch it. Okay, I don't see that much difference in some in some regards to saying, um, hey, you can only watch this Thursdays at 8 p.m. or you've got six months to watch this thing before we pull it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's still driving on demand content right now. In other words, you're creating a sense of urgency to say you can only watch it here. And by the way, they're going to load it with ads, load it with ads. Right. Yeah. And then pull it, say, for and and bring it back two years later or the the reintroduction of the first two seasons of, uh, you know, Orange is the New Black or. Right. Or whatever. Right. Whatever. Whatever whatever that series is. Uh So it's just a. It's just a something called by another name in in some regards. It's just that the timing's a little bit different. Yeah, I don't have to show up Thursday at eight o'clock to watch Friends, but I can't find the the ninth season of Friends because <laughs> it's been pulled, and I have to wait for Netflix or I have to wait for Prime or I've got to wait for somebody to release it so yeah. I can watch it again. I don't see a big that big a difference like when these media companies start doing this stuff. Yeah. So this is in another sense uh, a wait and see. Uh, at yeah. this point, there's no real uh, avenue to take at this point no. as far as getting rid of your cable and being able to have everything you want. And you're, you, it seems like you're going to have to sacrifice something no matter what you do. Yeah, and because this market it's is the same reason. Yeah, yeah right? with me, with, like with the cable, I'm, I need the Wi-Fi. There, we have SunLink here, or, you know, CenturyLink, whatever, and it's crap. Uh, you know, as far as service we get, and, and people are so you can't. You have to bundle it. In order, you want the Wi-Fi. So what? It, it's almost as expensive. They charge you if you just wanted the Wi-Fi. They charge you just you know enough that you're like, oh, might as well get the damn channels. Right. <laughs> so, right. Well, hey, we may get back to a day when yeah. cable is cheaper. This that would be the ultimate crazy. Like Market if we come all it. the way back around and it was like uh, these cable companies were like, hey, we have this new way of doing things. We'll give you everything one box, everything one price. And people are like, that's genius. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, 30 years ago, we fought that we fought to get away from this. And today the market is clamoring because it's so confusing to get it back. We are definitely in the height of the disruption cycle of cable. So it's, it's for, you know, it, it's messy right now. I think over the next three to five years, it'll shake out and we'll go back to just a few companies. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay. And uh, my last item, because uh, I've kept, kept you here for a while, but uh, I did want to talk about these. And I mentioned I have a Fitbit. But these watches that we have now are become 
uh, you know, much more than telling us time. There's, you know, there's, they do so many different things. And, uh, I just wanted to get your take on some of these, especially like the Apple Watch, which has uh, become, uh, you know, this, this device that, you know, does everything. You talk on it. It's just, uh, it, ma- it monitors all these different, uh, uh, you know, body functions. Uh, what are some of the best? And is, is Apple leading the pack here? Yes. Uh, once again, uh, they have got out ahead of this and I don't know if there's even a close second. You know, uh, Samsung is making some watches. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some, some along those lines, but nobody has really done it like Apple has done it. And I can't tell you as I, you know, my, my watch is sitting on the charger right now. Every time I sit at the desk, I put it on the charger because the battery's life is ridiculously bad, but, um, you know, I get a day. Maybe out of those kinds of things. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, that's, but they're still evolving. If you ever would have told me, like when my dad, my dad worked for IBM for 35 years, got a Rolex watch when he, yeah. you know, at 30 years, he got a Rolex and just loved that thing. It was super expensive. This Apple watch adjusted for inflation is probably twice as much as that Rolex costed. And, and it, you know, it does so much more than it. If you would have told me that I would have been having to put this thing on a charger every night and would have been okay with it. Yeah. I'd have told you you're freaking crazy, yeah. but we, we put up with those things because it is, it is super cool. Like it will, there's, you know, it will sense when I'm doing a workout and say, Hey, are you doing, a, are you out walking somewhere? Like, do I need to start recording this? And you're yeah. like, yeah, this, I, I forgot to turn it on. Right. Yeah. Um, to do those kinds of things. The other day I was out and I didn't have my phone on me and my watch started ringing and it was my wife. And I was just like, well, this is convenient. So. Boom, started talking to her on my watch. She had no idea I was on my watch, which again, when, when I, when we were kids, we dreamt of Dick Tracy doing this. Yeah, thought, How yeah, cool this would be. Absolutely. Well, guess what? The day is today, right? I can, yeah. I can do that. So tracking fitness, tack, uh, tracking my schedule, keeping track of all my emails and notifications. It, you know, at work, uh, my job is social media. Um, I have to keep track of 15,000 people around the world all the time in our community. And all these messages are coming in. I couldn't imagine a world where I can't just take a quick look and say, you know, on a nice screen and really be able to read the notification. You know, these Fitbits and some of those other things, those notifications aren't real. Like, you can't really – I've had them, and you really can't see them. On the Apple Watch, you really can see them. And so, um, yeah, I can't imagine a world today. I can't imagine a world without it. I mean, I I really – I have a Series 4, so I've got the best one. I've got the EKG thing where I can – Check my heart rate, say, see how things are going. I, I monitor my heart rate during my workouts now. Super helpful, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so yeah, I think it's the real deal and everybody's got one. Like it's been, it's been one of those things. I look at people's wrist and boom, there's an Apple watch. Yeah. And they go for about 450 bucks, folks. But, uh, you know, you, you say they're really worth it. My, uh, wife is a, an RN and, uh, you know, she works those 12 hour shifts and they can't go off and use their phones. And it's awesome because, you know, you can see your texts right up there on the screen. So I can text her. Yeah. And then you, they have the, the a device, you know, where you can basically write on the screen, picks up words and then, you know, quick text back to you. I mean, it really is amazing. Uh, not only they, you know, they have the, the GPS, which is, uh, you know, a big part of this too. It's got a 64 bit dual core processor. <laughs> in a, it's ridiculous. In a watch. I mean, it, it, it's it more is, powerful than my first PC. Yeah. And it's, it's, look out the size on your wrist. Uh, are they just going to get better and better? I mean, what else can they do? Do you see in the future? Uh, batteries are going to get better. And yeah. 
we hope. Cords yeah. are going to get, yeah, yeah, I think they will. They think yeah. they have to. And they have. They've gotten significantly better over the years. Um, I think processors are just going to get better and thinner and faster. Memory, being able to jam more into them uh, is is going to be uh, there. I think we're going to get more sensors in them, things that are happening around us, more warnings of, hey, you might want to be careful or whatever. Could there be a day? I never saw a day when a laptop or when a phone would replace somebody's laptop. I was a PC guy. I grew up in the PC era. I never thought these things would replace it. PC sales have absolutely taken a, you know, have just been crushed over the last five, seven years because the average person is just doing their computing on their phone. I think there'll be a day when most of the computer, most of the computing is done at the watch level and we'll, we'll think like, wow, why we, we used to carry, like, we used to carry this thing around. Are you serious? You know, um, now that seems odd to us today. But I can, I can definitely see as I look at this watch, I think, I think we're in wearables. I think some of those things that we get in the phone will be built into our clothes or could be inserted into us in some ways. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And, uh, well, even also with eyeglasses, I, I, I imagine we're not that far off from that, you know, everything be projection. We have it out in front of you or, you know, uh, that's probably not that far away either, but, you know, that's the thing about it is that, you know, everything used to be smaller, 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 smaller. Well, now, you know, the screens are like, I got to see the damn thing. You do. And, and that's, you know, with the watches and uh, like the, the uh, Apple watches, those screens are pretty good sized. But at some point, you know, what what more can you add to it? Yeah. <laughs> you have this big giant, you know, bracelet on. But uh, it, it's, well, it really I- is amazing. We, I just rewatched Captain Marvel this, this weekend and, you know, she has this, this very thin kind of film layer on the inside of her wrist that she can do things on. And I actually think there's some real estate there that we're kind of missing out on mm-hmm. when you think of size. And so again, today we kind of think like that would be ridiculous. Well, we kind of thought a watch would be ridiculous. We kind of thought a phone that could do this would be. Would be ridiculous. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Hollywood often is way out ahead. When we think about technology, they can do it in the movies way faster than we can actually do it. And if you start looking at movies from the 90s and 2000, you know, this, this, you start seeing some things show up. Hey, I remember watching Star Trek Next Generation. This would have been 90s. We weren't even, we didn't even know what phones were yet, right? We were still clunky, clunky brick phones. Uh, right. Right. We, these guys on Star Trek Next Generation had these little clipboard things and they were, they were using their finger and they were figuring things out. And I remember thinking, that's dumb. How could you do, you know, calculus on a, on a device? Guess what we do today? Like we can do all of that on our phones. So I think if you look at Hollywood, not all of it, but I think some of it's coming and it's maybe coming faster than we think. Yeah. And it's amazing uh, to think about what's ahead and the fact that this demographic that uh, we're a part of, uh, uh, the boomers and, and younger now, uh, you know, the market goes with what uh, the people are needing out there. So what are some of the items that you can think of that are going to be geared more for people who are older? Uh, for example, the the Apple phone has a fall detector in it. If someone falls and they become incapacitated, the phone will alert uh, emergency, you know, uh, uh, EMTs uh, to, to come and help this person. Uh, what do you think some of the items that we may see ahead because 
of this growing demographic of older people in America. Yeah, blood pressure for sure. Yeah. Like, I don't think it'll be too long before we, we have watches that are able to detect and, and notice changes in blood pressure. Um, temperature? Blood sugar. Yeah, blood mm-hmm. sugars for, yeah. for people with their diabetes. No, right on. I think yeah. some of those, those, those medical pieces. I think, um, sleep is another really important thing. We're starting to see it now, but I mean, there's so many studies that talk about how bad not sleeping is for us. And, yeah. um, and when I got the watch, I started wearing it at night, which, Kind of bothered me. I, I I did it for about three months, and then I was okay. like, I don't want to wear this thing at night. It needs to be a little more comfortable. But it did give me some good data, and it encouraged me in some gamification ways to be like, hey, congratulations, you actually got enough sleep last night, right? We're noticing it would ask me these questions about how I felt during the day, and you know, it's like, hey, we notice when you actually get eight hours of sleep, you feel better. Well, yeah. I kind of knew that, but until the watch started measuring me that way. It's one of those kinds of things you start thinking about. Well, okay, maybe I should pay a little more attention to the sleep that I'm getting because I yeah. think it. I think it matters. You talked about erratic behavior and not just falls, but knowing when, like when you begin with those kind of patterns of stumbling, and and where it could start giving your doctors some early warning. Like I, I can I can see a day now. We we, we would say this isn't this isn't privacy, and people would freak out over this. But I see a day when you'd come in or it might download all that information to your doctor and they would get some analytical reports in advance yeah. to be like, okay, based on what we see in other people, we're seeing this in you. And this sometimes means these kinds of things happen. And, and imagines if we could get some early stages or catch things in early stages rather than waiting so long, even, okay, let's just be, let's talk men for a second. Gentlemen, we all have some kind of prostate issue, right? We do. I know this is kind of weird, but imagine a device that could help and measure some of those things to say, hey, you should really actually go see your doctor about this because it's not as regular as you think or you're struggling more than you should. That could be if, if men could catch some of those prostate issues earlier rather than later, there's lots of ramifications around that where it could really benefit them. So I think there's some of those things where, yes, it's spying on us. <laughs> Yeah, but it's in a healthy kind of way, right? You you would think, right? But that that's the that's the uh, fine line there because uh, to the point where it's benefiting to benefiting you, or is it you know is it a an invasion into your life? But maybe it saves your life. You know who knows? Uh, You know you can have a watch to say, hey, uh, you've had three drinks. You, You shouldn't get behind the wheel. You know, it tells you you've had, you're intoxicated or whatever where people may not pay attention. It's, it's, a, it's really going to be uh, very interesting to see what happened. And it's all coming, folks. Just uh, buckle up because if you think uh, what we've seen, and I think about what I've just seen in my lifetime, uh, God, I can't even imagine what's ahead in the next, say, 50 years. 20 years. Super cool. I, although I think, and I'll, I'll wrap it with this. Yeah. I think there's some really good, when we think about men post 40, there's some real, you know, there's some really good health things that we could be thinking about to help us stay around a little bit longer than we would. And we, we, many of us don't tend to take care of ourselves very well or don't think about those things. All this technology doesn't matter if you're not around to enjoy it. So make sure you're using it in a way, scales that help you keep track of your weight, things that help you keep track of your diet, things that help you keep track of sleep or fitness. Use all those things to your advantage, and they're all there today, and they're better than ever, so make sure you're taking advantage of them. 
Well, uh, Jim, this has been fascinating. I hope you'll come back on and yeah. we'll uh, get into even more items and uh, maybe bet. some more discoveries. But uh, really, this has been awesome. And uh, I want to thank you for coming outside of 40. Yeah, you bet. Thanks for having me on. It's been a great discussion. And you better believe I'll come back. All right. Some great advice on gadgets. Uh, Jim is uh, becoming a friend of the program. We've talked uh, many, we've talked many times already. And uh, I really, really like Jim. And uh, he, he, you know, he puts it out there very simple, explains it very, very easily for us. So uh, I'd love to have Jim back on. But uh, talking about all those tech products that can improve your life or just have fun with. And I was amazed at just how many smart gadgets you can now have in your home listening to that episode. Did you catch all that? Because we're going to do an episode, I'm telling you, down the road. We'll do one that's just how to make your house smarter. That's the next, well, next time we bring Jim on, that's, I think that's what we'll do because you know, he said 50 or 60 directives or, or things that uh, commands that uh, can be done in his house alone. I don't think we need that many, but I'm sure there's a lot of, of uh, smart devices that uh, we can find out about, and we'll do. We'll do an episode on uh, how to make your house smarter uh, coming up. Imagine telling Alexa, I'm going to bed, and then she turns all the lights out in your house. Although that could, what if that just slips out? <laughs> I, I think I'm going to go to bed now. I don't know. Then the lights go out. But anyway, you don't have to do that. But uh, there's a lot of stuff you can do, and it's amazing what's ahead. And we'll definitely have Jim Collison back on. You can uh, hear a lot more by tuning into his podcast, Home Gadget Geeks, on iTunes or uh, whatever platform you download your favorite podcast from. As I, I mentioned uh, before my conversation with Jim, I want to hear from you. Let me know where you are in your life right now, things you're dealing with, future episodes uh, that you'd like to uh, have us uh, have uh, you know here on Upside of 40. And it's real easy. Just email me at upsideof40 at gmail.com, upsideof40 at gmail.com. And I promise I will answer every single email. And many of these interviews we do on video. So if you'd like to not only hear the podcast episode, but also see it, you can go to our YouTube channel. All you have to do is search Sean Mooney, then click on the channel, and you will find it all right there. Uh, also, if you've liked what you've heard so far on here on uh, U of 40, as we call it, the short version, U of 40, Upside of 40, please subscribe. Uh, give us a five-star rating. And a review on iTunes. Uh, we're just getting started here, and it really, really, trust me on this, it really helps us a lot uh, to get the word out. So please do that. Uh, next week is uh, the 4th of July. Uh, and uh, for those of you preparing to light the grill up on the day, uh, we celebrate Independence Day, commemorating our Declaration of Independence here in the greatest country in the world, the United States of America. Uh, next week, if you thought you knew how to grill a great steak, think again. We're going to tell you how to cook the perfect one, the perfect steak from beginning to end, uh, from selecting the meat, the best ways to cook it uh, on your grill. If you've got gas or charcoal, we cover all that and exactly how to grill that awesome piece of meat. It's a great episode next week. Pitmaster Malcolm Reed is going to join us. And let me tell you, you will be amazed about the science that goes into creating uh, creating a mouth-watering dinner, a a mouth-watering barbecue for all your friends. And you're going to learn all about it from Malcolm Reed next week. That is all coming your way next Monday, 6 a.m. Eastern, on your favorite podcast platform, including iTunes. We're on all of them now, so do not miss it. Until then, I'm Sean Mooney, and thanks for listening to Upside of 40.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.